What would you do if everyone said they heard your trailer a hundred times? You'd probably make a new one. I'm Justin Sales, the host of The Wedding Scammer, The Ringer's first ever true crime pod. We've been hunting a con man for a few weeks now, and our hunt is coming to an end. Schemes, heartbreak, how to put on a wire. We've covered all this and more, but there are still a few surprises left. Binge The Wedding Scammer wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just... Once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz and I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Borlebeck. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, or Boxing Day, whatever. It's December 26th. We're recording this Tuesday. Week 16 is over, baby. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I feel like it was a bizarre, bizarre long weekend. Four days of football and most of them were disappointing, I would imagine, for your fantasy football team. A lot of stars um, collapsed. But today, uh, before we get going, we are doing a little recap, and then at the end of the show, we're going to do waivers. We're going to kind of combine two shows in one. So today, Jack is filling in for Kai. Jack's producing. What's up, Jack? So he's going to throw a timestamp in the uh, the old pod description. So if you want to just skip to waivers, I know it's Tuesday. I know you only have less than 24 hours to make your waiver claims. So if you want to skip to the second half of the show, we will do waivers for you lucky ducks who need that, who I guess are in the fantasy championships. <laughs> Good or for you. Or playing for third. Well or done. Or trying to avoid the toilet bowl belt. I don't know. But uh, yeah, you can skip to the second half for waivers. And if you made it to the finals, that's cool. You can yeah. you know make make sure you listen to the waivers for every. And if you made it to the finals and the championships, your fantasy football lineup, congratulations! You are smarter and more skilled, and you out hustled and outsmarted all your friends. For everyone who did not make it, fantasy football is the stupidest goddamn activity. <laughs> I cannot believe we participate in this stupid freaking hobby, and um, this is dumb. <laughs> and I I. This is so stupid. Does it suck that for you, Heifetz, it's not a hobby, it's a job? <laughs> I literally feel like a fucking moron. I, this is what dad, the game I, is designed to make us feel so like, though. Yeah. We're, we're going to do, we can start out here. We have to start a little Festivus here. Now, later, we're going to do a power hour tomorrow. Spoiler. We're going to do the airing of grievances as its entire yeah. episode. We yeah. have to. And I'm going to try to preserve all of my grievances for that. And we'll get to feats. But I have to just tell you guys that Christmas Eve, Jackie's dad comes to me with his lineup. Who's that he, Jackie, Heifetz? You know what, man? <laughs> I just, what, what if somebody's listening for the first time? They don't know who that Jackie is. Jackie is my girlfriend. Flex. Hello. Nice. Jackie's dad comes to me who <laughs> nice. auto-drafted his way to like second place and the semifinals. With That's none the key of my to fantasy help. football, by the way, auto-drafting. Just auto know, <laughs> It's like It's like... You don't you don't name any of your pets. You just like you show up. There's a team. You don't have any connection or attachment to them. If you win the playoffs, it's great. If you lose, you don't yeah. care because you auto draft. You don't That's need us. Move. So he asked me, 
whether he should play Jordan Love. And I inform him for the first time, he's never known this, that the red 32 next, because the Packers are playing the Panthers. Jordan Love and the Packers playing the mm. Panthers defense. And I inform him that the red 32 actually means that the Panthers have allowed the fewest points to quarterbacks. For, and the reason being is because usually teams just run the hell out of the ball. Yeah, the they Panthers. just, you don't need the, to throw to beat the <laughs> Panthers. They're never in shootouts. Right. You can run the ball. So the Panthers actually have allowed the fewest points to fans quarterbacks. Not because they're good, but because they just, you don't need to throw. So I, he didn't know this. So I'm like, well, what if you started Trevor Lawrence over Jordan Love? More shootout potential. Yeah, I can see it. Anyway, he lost by the like exact margin of which he lost by starting Trevor Lawrence over Jordan Love. And it was basically the only advice I gave him all season. And now you're stuck in a house with him for like a week. <laughs> yeah. So like, why do I, I, I anyway, I, this is so dumb, but I also. Hi Fitz, this I, is why you should never give, uh, this is my policy. Never give fantasy advice to family. This is like, you don't give financial advice to family. That's what people say about loaning money. And we're talking about it with fantasy football advice. <laughs> just say, dude, just, just next time, just tell them to look at someone else's rankings. There's too much involved. There's too, yeah. there, it, you have to live with this person or be like around this person. There's, you know, like inheritance potential here. Wow. Which, right. you know, like, They're going to come out of the will, Heifetz. I mean, wow. I'm talk- this Rule. is like big, big picture stuff. Um, do you guys remember how, the other day we were talking about Sonder? It was a Sonder was the word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, like your whole life leads up to this moment or whatever. Like we were talking about, it's just kind of wild. Like if you could have this random um, interaction with someone, their whole lives have led up to this moment. This is how I feel about fantasy. It's like this whole season has you know, brought us to this moment where we make this one decision based on our lineups and we totally fuck ourselves because we decided to start whatever defense over like, like I lost to Heifetz in the ringer uh, fantasy football league semifinals this week by like three points. And (laughs) my defense got zero and Heifetz's defense (laughs) got seven. And I'm like the fucking defense getting zero was the difference an entire season of work that we've put in the waiver wire studying this shit. And it was the defense. Like to me, this is just like wild that this, this is what we do. This is our hobby. This is why this we is like- so, we're so <laughs> dumb. So we're going to have a whole airing of grievances uh, in our power hour tomorrow where we're just going to be so angry and bitter. But I do think we have to start in the spirit of Festus. We do have to start with feats of strength. Because also, I, Christmas Eve doubles as Jackie Flex. Jackie's birthday is Christmas Eve. Flex. So I'm Flex. not gonna lie, oh. I was kind of out of I was kind of out of it for a lot of these games. You know, I sure. you, know. you were doing stuff with your life. So yeah. I have a question. Jump ball here. I don't know, DK. I don't know. How the fuck did Amari Cooper get 250 <laughs> receiving? Okay, yards? we got to talk about Amari Cooper's day because this was like legitimately one of the greatest receiver performances I've ever seen in my life. Not only did he score a shitload of points, like. The degree of difficulty on several of his catches was truly astounding, including two passes that converted fourth downs, uh, one of which, like, (laughs) Joe Flacco was getting tackled, essentially, and just, like, hucked it up towards the sideline on a fourth down, and uh, Amari Cooper kind of caught it, like, over his shoulder. It was, like, incredible. Um, But if you missed it, like I said, he had 11 catches, 265 yards, two touchdowns, plus a two-point conversion, 46 points and a half PPR. Um... And this was like truly one of those games. 46 where, points. Yeah. This was one of those games where Joe Flacco was truly like, fuck it. He's down there somewhere. I'm just going to throw <laughs> it towards him. You know, you always hear about that, but this is truly what's just like seemed to be happening in this game. Um, I saw this from my guy, Daniel Kelly, by the way, not me. For people on Twitter that are wondering, like when Daniel Kelly and I are talking, we're not the same person. This is not my burner. Uh, you know, he's a fantasy football analyst for FTN Network. Your own name. I was going to say, it's like a terrible burner. Yeah, there's it's an, your e, full name. Or, there's or an the E in his last uh, name. <laughs> EY. Plausible um, deniability. 
Anyway, he, uh, Amari Cooper, this is the biggest gap, and this is PPR, the biggest gap between the wide receiver one and the wide receiver two overall in any given week was this week, Amari Cooper had 16 more points <laughs> than the second closest receiver. By the way, George Pickens, who we'll talk about in a minute, had a great game too, and he was the second receiver. Um, Can so you email us at rarefantasyfootballgmail.com if you had Amari Cooper and you lost? Oh, God, yeah. Or anyone in your league. Or, or even better, if you had Amari Cooper and George Pickens and you lost? <laughs> <laughs> or on your bench, both Dude. of them on your bench. Um, but anyways, that gives you an idea of like how great of a game this was. Like this was the biggest difference, the biggest gap between the number one receiver and number two receiver all season long. It happened in the fantasy playoffs. Great. So hopefully you didn't lose to Mark Cooper. Isn't it funny that the Browns over the final hour, I don't know how many weeks, the offense has actually been the fantasy winner on yeah. the Browns than the defense in the final month. David Njoku is like a top three tight end in the league. Amari mm-hmm. Cooper uh, has been incredible. Joe Flacco, I believe, was the, the fifth best scoring player in fantasy football this week. <laughs> um, it's unbelievable. Amari Cooper, you know, first of all, Amari Cooper is the most injured player to, to play well every single week. Dude, I've never seen a guy Craig. look yeah. more injured and, and play well every week. The guy like uh, yeah. is, is limping a 75-yard touchdown. It's like that Greg <laughs> Jennings Madden clip from like 15 yeah. years ago. Put him on his back. Greg Where Greg Jennings, Jennings is just limping to the, the end zone. Uh, that is Amari Cooper every single week. Uh, every single year, I, 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 I undervalue him. He's like Mike Evans. He's in the Mike Evans range where I'm like, every year I go in and I'm like, hey, Amari Cooper, he's getting older. He's good, but he's kind of you know past his prime. And then every year... Like Michael Myers, he just never gives up <laughs> and keeps fighting through shitty quarterback after shitty quarterback. And he's incredible. Amari Cooper's Craig. incredible. His best Craig. catch was the one that wasn't a touchdown. It was that one on the sideline oh, yeah. where he like somehow got two feet down. It was uh, unbelievable. I went back and rewatched the highlights of Amari Cooper just because I wanted to remind myself like what exactly he was doing in this fucking game. Because it was like, you know, same deal. I was like watching while being around family and stuff. And so, yeah. um, I had the exact same thought that you said, which is like every time he caught a pass, he like was really slow to get up. He would yeah. like limp back into the huddle. Like I'm like, this guy is just out it's there like, battling. It's like, it's like playing football with your like dad out in the backyard. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's like every time he gets up, he's like, he's like limping back to the line. He's got Creaky like a hamstring knees. back. Yeah. Still got it. By the way, Joe Flacco, <laughs> three straight games, 300 plus yards. First time in his career he's ever done that. Dude, what the what fuck? What is going on man, with this season? It's so ridiculous. That is so, how, can you imagine if one of us had said, I actually think we need to do a mid-season take purge next year because can you imagine if when Joe Flacco was announced as the starter, when they signed him the week of, and one of us said, I actually think he'll have the best three game stretch of his career. (laughs) Yeah. Outside, like when he won the Super Bowl, like the regular season, the best three game stretch of his career. Like how I actually don't understand. It's 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 fun because he is old Jameis now. He just launches balls. He's just absolutely flinging it every game. <laughs> He's kind of you, you like you know it two picks minimum now, but you you deal with it because you know the Browns defense will keep you in the game. He has a couple deep balls to Amari Cooper, but he is genuinely just just old Jameis Winston now. I think he, he like died and came back to life in his life because he basically was like, oh, I might not ever play again, and he got a second chance, and he's like, you know what, I'm just like you know every new lease on like life. His last. Yeah. The other guy, the other feat of strength, I actually saw this one in person. So I uh, went to the Steelers game with Jackie's yeah, family. Yeah, that's awesome. Steelers, Bengals. Uh, it was, funnily enough, it was 60 degrees warmer than when we went last year, which is kind of insane <laughs> to think about. 60? Because the last one was negative 11. Oh my and God. And I saw photos of you this game. And you were still bundled up. I saw him. I was like, man, it looks cold. I can't believe it was well, 60 degrees warmer. Because, well, it was 49. But 
well, I, I kept looking at the weather and I was like, nope, I remember last year. I'm not. But <laughs> yeah, fully I, once. Shame on you. I can't tell you how like pretty bad the vibes were entering this game. Jackie kept asking me all week, are you sure the Giants are worse than the Steelers? All the Steelers fans were like, oh, like there's grumblings about Mike Tomlin louder than they should be. Like people actually talk about, oh, Mike Tomlin, could there be a separation? It's like Andy Root, the Eagles, like George Pickens is getting skewered on TV because he didn't block for Jalen Warren because he's like, I don't want to get hurt. And just at, everything's like, wow, the Steelers, this could be it. And then just George Pickens, 195 yards, two touchdowns and four catches, literally just takes a slant to the end zone immediately. Game was never in doubt. George Pickens had almost his career high in yardage by halftime. And it was like the greatest <laughs> game of his career. And the uh, most Mike Tomlin even won two fucking challenges. That was how much everything went in the Steelers <laughs> way in this game. That's when you know it's a Christmas miracle. When Mike Tomlin's winning challenges, um, <laughs> something's up. Did you anyone start about- George Pickens though? He's been bad for like a month and a half. So honestly, probably not. It, so it might be fantasy. I think, yeah, I would, I would guess the starter percentage is really low. I, uh, Mason I did Rudolph, it was December 23rd. And so everyone's after the game singing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah, I mean, think about the variables that are involved here. Number one, it's Mason Rudolph, who no one has any confidence in, including the Steelers, because he's been like their third string guy all season. Um, George Pickens has been absolutely, like Hyvett said, skewered all, all week long because he's not blocking. Like there is concern from my point of view that he's like going to get benched early in the game because he's like, you know, just has that attitude, the laissez-faire yeah. attitude or whatever towards blocking, blah, blah, blah. And then he just goes out and has the greatest game yeah. of his career. By the way, every time, I feel like every time Pickens gets a target, he looks like the best receiver in the NFL. I don't, this like is the, what I'm saying. I don't understand, I don't like, the, the contrast between his production and how good he looks when he has the football is, like, the whitest of any player in the NFL. I think George there Pickens no- might be cocaine because, you know, it's just like, <laughs> what? I want to feel like this all the time. <laughs> there is no larger gap in the league, in my opinion, in when you throw to this player, good things happen, and if you don't throw to this player, bad things happen. I don't know why we don't throw to this guy 15 fucking times a game. He is the best downfield receiver in the league, it feels mm. like. Maybe it's Tyreek Hill, and then it's George Pickens. He is incredible. And he got six targets this week. And at least Mason Rudolph could throw a nice deep ball today, which yeah. you should have, I know you were there, so you didn't hear the broadcast. You, the, the amount of Mason Rudolph praise that I had to endure was so <laughs> ridiculous. Oh, Mason Rudolph's really matured. Yeah, you know, like they've stuck with him all these years because they knew he had the talent. They, Dude, they he's knew third mentally. string. Yeah. He's so confident in himself. Uh, Ever you know, since Miles Garrett hit him with that helmet, he's been a completely <laughs> different person. He hasn't really been playing, but you know he's been he's been prepping and studying those mental you know, reps. It was it was unbelievable. He's going to be horrific next week if he plays, and all of that will go who to the shit. Who are the announcers praising Mason Rudolph? Oh, who was it? I don't remember. There's been too many games. Ghosts are screaming I, at us. I just hate when they do the the like the first time the backup playing for the first time this year or something, and they got to do like the whole love story about him. And then like three weeks from now, he's going to be out of the league. Probably. Is this the season? The biggest theme I feel like this season is NFL teams, not knowing what they have at backup receipt, backup quarterback. You know what I mean? I think it's the season of, of backup quarterbacks playing well for two games, everybody overreacting. And then they come back to earth. (laughs) I I, I almost think if if your if your quarterback gets hurt, if you have a Kirk Cousins situation, Joe Burrow situation, what I think you should do is, is I think you should just sign a new quarterback every week. Because they'll be great in week one. And then you can't, and you cut them and you bring in a new backup for the next week. Because these backups, for some reason, there's no tape on them. I, I've never believed that theory. Oh, wait, they don't have tape on Rudolph. That's why he's 
playing so well. But I swear, it's like backups week one are great. It's like the new coach theory, the backup week one theory. Well, I, and then after that, everything goes to hell. I have a half-baked theory in this, but like it was way more common 70 years ago to flip your quarterbacks, like to have two guys and rotate them, put them in at halftime, flip them. And like, so have one guy starts three games. The other guy starts three games. It was way more common in the fifties and sixties and, and even like the early seventies. And I kind of wonder if we're just back to that, like ass, uh, we fell ass backward into that with the third of the quarterbacks in the league going down, because it really is incredible where the giants had that with Tyrod Taylor, which is better than Daniel Jones. He got hurt. Tommy DeVito won a few games. RIP to Tommy Cutlets. He's the only backup who cashed in on all this. Yeah, can't believe but Tommy like, DeVito. This, speaking of, speaking of like, you flew too close to the sun backups this year. Like Tommy DeVito's like got all Did these. he fly too close to the sun or was he the only one who actually had the self-awareness to know that this will end in like 30 days? He's like, like I gotta maximize my my marketing opportunities you know, here. No one's gonna remember like three years from now that Nick Mullins had four picks and 400 yards and like threw two picks while he was falling to the ground. Everyone's gonna remember Tommy Cutlets. Tommy DeVito Tommy exploiting his own fame for like the, the brief seconds he had. He's like the honey boo-boo of fucking football. <laughs> wow. Honey, honey shaking boo-boo. down local pizzerias for like 30 <laughs> yeah, grand for an like, appearance fee. Any talk show you want, I'll, I'll appear. How much? Yeah. Did you guys see that he like there was a pizzeria and he was doing like a 10 grand appearance fee and then he went on Monday Football and they doubled it to 20 and the pizzeria posted on Facebook being like, Tommy Cutlets thinks he's too good for us. We had to cancel and he just went for free. And I was like, dude, it's like five minutes from your house. Like, just also go. apparently he fired his agent after that whole thing on TV and everything. Yeah, did, he, that guy's did gone. he fire the agent or did he hire another publicist well, to like make up? I don't know. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. Can you imagine? So does he get uninducted from the Italian American Sports <laughs> Hall of Fame if he gets fired? No. Tom oh agent? my god. I have it. Oh, if he gets fired, yeah, probably. Do you think now, now that the fever dream of Devito is gone and, and we we're in the sober light of day, do you think? <laughs> The Giants organization, the front office starting him was corporate negligence and that they were truly only doing this as fan service, despite the fact that Tyrod Taylor is 100% better than Tommy DeVito. So, no, it's not fan service. The, God, it was quite the fling, though, wasn't it? But yeah, the silver <laughs> line of day line really it hits. It felt like um, they were like, fuck it. People are into this. Let's like let's be a part of memes for a couple weeks. I think the reality is it kind of goes to... I think sometimes we overthink all this stuff in terms of what the coach is thinking about. I think what Brian Dable is actually thinking about is we have won, like the job, we've won with Tommy DeVito. And if you bench okay. him and Tyrod Taylor loses, I will be blamed for making a change. And so you keep the guy in. And if he sucks, he gets blamed. And I kind of think that's really at the core of all this when you keep the guy. It's why they say you can't bench a guy after a win, stuff like that. And I know that, you know, he didn't go undefeated or anything, Tommy Cutlets, but Tyrod. I, I uh, dude, the Giants. I mean, Devito put up six points against the Saints last week, and and yet started again. And Tyrod was it? Healthy? Was Tyrod hurt understand. this year? Did, did I feel yeah, like he, he, got, he, he was, was a while? Yeah. He, was. he was on injured yeah. reserve. So that after was part Daniel of it. Jones. No, right. to your well, point, that was a while it, it, ago, though. I know. No, you're right, Craig. Like I, I can't totally explain because you're right. Like they got crushed by the Saints, so I, I, I can't totally explain why. I don't know, man. It's, it's. Look, I, man. They all they felt everybody gets caught up in fame, even the New York Giants. They couldn't resist. <laughs> it, it, R.I.P. to Tommy Cutlets. Well, like, he might well, still be the starter. They haven't. They haven't officially gone. He just back. should always be the practice squad quarterback because he literally lives ten minutes away, and so you know he's the emergency. Like you know they have the emergency quarterback now. It's just him because he can just drive over watching TV. He, he sees a concussion. He should get there before the TV timeout. He should keep going. Like what he should do is is like he, like his entire career now should be just like exploiting those three games he had. It's like it's like those side characters on The Office. 
and how they've never really done anything else. But the, all they do, it's like the guy <laughs> yeah. Kevin from The Office is like he's still just making it. appearances and talking yeah. about his time on The Office. DeVito should just like live in that three week stretch. He'd do a podcast about it, TV show, start making merch. Well, we were going to book George Santos on Cameo and then run it on the show and pretend he was a guest. But then he upped it to five hundred dollars. Really, that's a little rich. Eh. But how long? How long <laughs> Man, until Tommy DeVito? I don't think we can that. How long until Tommy DeVito's on Cameo? We just book his ass. Oh on my the god, show. dude, he'll Countdown. be there. And he's probably on four days. Right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, do you guys want to stick with uh, another former quarterback that everyone got really excited about for like five weeks, and then turned out he wasn't any good? And Trevor Simeon, who was the starter for the Jets this week, and just decided to pass to Brees Hall. 16 times. And he was the other guy I wanted to mention here that was like the feats of strength that probably won a lot of people. Get, shoot us an email if you had Amari Cooper, Brees Hall, and George Pickens in your starting lineup and you scored like 300 points because um, Brees Hall, 20 carries, 95 yards, two touchdowns, plus 12 catches for 96 yards. He had 37 offensive points. Um, this is another guy. So but going back to the Daniel Kelly tweet, the biggest gap in a week RB1 over RB2 and PPR, Brees Hall this week. So not only did the running, the top running back this week, but the top receiver also had the biggest gap between the first and the second guy. So like this happened in the playoffs. Great job if you had these guys in your roster. Brees Hall, uh, unbelievable week. Brees Hall is like definitely one of the best running backs in the league that nobody talks about. Yeah, and he's been, I feel like he's just been hurt for most of the season. He's finally starting to be like really healthy and look like himself again. Um and the Jets are like one of those teams that just you cannot defend on their offense whatsoever any in any given week. So he's, I think, been really volatile. But uh, next year, I'm going to be drafting a lot of Brees Hall, I feel like. You know, we don't talk about enough. So McCaffrey's the best running back in the league. But if you pick guys up and put them on an average team, what are the rest of the, like, who's second and third? I kind of think Saquon and Brees might, might possibly be the second and third best running backs in the NFL. And the Giants and Jets are just so fucking bad. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. If you if you put Brees Hall or Saquon on the Niners, they're probably having a very similar season. To I think about that all the time. How like CMC would be so disappointing on the Giants. The <laughs> other games that happen, various Christmas things. We got the Ravens destroyed the 49ers. Yeah, on Christmas night, uh, the Ravens won thirty three to nineteen. Honestly, they, the Ravens won by fourteen. Kind of felt like the Ravens won by forty. The Niners way more. The, yeah. the Ravens won. The Ravens threw. Or sorry, the 49ers threw five picks. Brock Purdy threw four picks, then got hurt, and Sam Darnold came in through another pick. So many places to start. Kudos to the Ravens, et cetera, et cetera. Lamar might win the MVP. The Ravens look great. The defense, Mike McDonald, defense quarter, like Ravens are doing fantastic. Having said that, tough night for the cult of Brock Purdy. Dude, Purdy's MVP, his MVP odds have cratered. Like, absolutely I don't think I've ever seen MVP off. odds as as volatile as, as these over the past four weeks. It felt like every week yeah. there was a primetime game that determined who was going to be the MVP favorite after the game. It was like Dak, he dropped off. It was, I guess it was now Purdy, it dropped off. It was Hertz versus Dak, Hertz dropped off. Like, it's unbelievable now. Purdy's 13 to one. He was minus 200 four right. days ago. I also, the fact that, I wonder, I bet this hasn't happened since like the Rams, uh, Marshall Falk. And Kurt Warner, when was the last time you think that a teammate went from the odds on favorite to win MVP to not the favorite on his own team? Like, <laughs> like, like he's behind McCaffrey wow. now. Everyone's talking about McCaffrey. Like all the teammates are talking, even the, the Niners teammates are talking about McCaffrey, all the play, the, the family members of the players are talking about McCaffrey. And I'm like, I, I, 
five days. I, I, this crazy, Isn't this like, a perfect uh, example of why it's such a silly conversation? It's I, such a dumb award. <laughs> I kind of hate this now. I'm kind of out on MVP. We need to do the college football. Every position gets an award. Quarterback, running back, yeah. receiver, tight end, lineman. Like, we just need to do that. I think we hit critical mass with the MVP talk sometime in the last two or three weeks. And I'm just like, I'm fucking done. I don't care enough anymore to like, it's just such a narrative. It's such a strong narrative um, award. And like, what you know, especially like it's really weighted towards the end of the season. Like just the fact that pretty can have one bad game here and his, his odds of being the MVP are completely fucked now. Like that's just to me wild. You know, since Craig and I were born, every single MVP has just won three out of their four games. Like for all the numbers we talk about, it's just like which quarterback won 75% of their games. That's who wins. <laughs> but, um, Dude, the nine. We want to talk about Brock, or are we kind of exhausted on Brock. I don't know. What was your he impression? Looked, like he he did not look good in this game. He looked a little rattled. No, he looked genuinely shaky. He looked yeah. shook, to be honest. Like I, I would say I would say two of the picks were not great throws. The other two were kind of tipped passes. I wouldn't exactly call them his fault. Right. But I, I, what was the DVOA said about the Ravens defense? It was like the last twenty years. They're like the top five defense. Or something like no, that. No, so we, um, Craig, you and I talked about this in the preview show, and everybody was like, you know, so excited about the Niners, and we are, we of course were, and I think the DVOA stats through 15 weeks, according to Aaron Schatz, was the Niners were like the third best team all time, I believe it was, uh, through four, through 15 weeks, and the Ravens were the 11th best team all time in the same metric, right. which was like a huge surprise because. Everybody's talking about the 49ers, how great they are, and, and with good reason. But the Ravens are truly a very freaking dominant team also and just kind of flying under the radar because, you know, everyone's worried about the 49ers. We both picked the 49ers. I thought the 49ers would win this. They were at home. The Ravens absolutely freaking dominated. I do think there was some, like, you know, like the, the, the picks were a huge part of like the reason they dominated this game. Like they had incredible field position, like three or four times. Yeah. I would say offensively, the Ravens weren't like dominant. They just right. had so many great opportunities because of the turnover. Can I give you a take though? Yeah. Five picks to only win by 14. And it really should have been seven because Darnold didn't their McCaffrey didn't get it at the half inch line. Yeah. Five picks to what should have been a seven point margin is not actually that impressive on the Ravens offense. Which right, is and I, that's kind of what I was getting at. Is like this was a dominant win by the Ravens, but defensively, at the same yeah. time, I ne- I wouldn't necessarily be like, oh, the Ravens are clearly so much better than the 49ers. It was just like they, this was their night. You know what I mean? Like they got the best of the 49ers in this game. I still think these teams are two best teams in the NFL. You know, I think if they played ten times, I don't know, like it'd be pretty well, darn close. Like six wins by the 49ers, maybe. I mean, like, if, edge- if these teams. Faced off in the Super Bowl, I, the Niners are still going to be favored. And, and right. the, the narrative is going to be, are you going to beat the Niners twice? And it will be the Super Bowl because of the conspiracy theory that I actually believe that all the, not really, but I kind of do, but that all the color logo of the Super Bowl has revealed the Super Bowl in the last three years because oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like orange and blue and yellow the year the Bengals and Rams played. And then last year it was um, green and red for uh, Chiefs Eagles. And this year it's about? like purple. The, the, the logo of the Super Bowl every year. Not just the numerals, but like the, the Super corporate H- logo of like the yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah, the official oh. logo has been the color scheme of the teams, but oh, they it's released the logo. And red. Wow! But they released the logo like in August for the Super Bowl or earlier than that. So the whole thing of like oh the script and everything, but it's kind of funny. But like if the Chiefs and Ravens make it, that'll be three straight years that the logo they released in August or earlier actually ended up being the team. So it's kind of already preordained. So you know um, what I mean? Just eat Arby's from this game though. Like the, my big takeaway, getting back to like obviously the Ravens defense is electric so much fun to watch like they were really truly giving the 49ers fits in terms of like 
disguising what they were doing, like the rotations, their pass rush was extremely good. It, it did help that Trent Williams got hurt and left the game. Um, but like the, de- the the Ravens defense was extraordinarily good. Like I was so impressed with them all game long. They were tackling really well. Like the 49ers are so hard to play, I think, um, from an offensive point of view, because they're just, they break so many tackles. They're so good after the catch and after contact. I was very impressed with the Ravens tackling. But the other thing I think the big takeaway here is just Lamar Jackson looks so incredible. He looks so dialed in the whole game. Like it was a great, it was a great reminder to me of like how good he is both as a passer in the pocket and as a guy who can make plays out of structure like that. I think he had like a 30 something yard run um, late in the game where he like made several 49ers defenders just look silly. Um, So I don't know. To me, that was like the other big takeaways. Like Lamar looks incredible in this game. Yeah. The other team that looks incredible this week, the Raiders crushed the chiefs. The Raiders won 20 to 14. The Raiders scored two defensive touchdowns in what was it? Seven seconds. Yeah. And then uh, Aiden O'Connell, AOC, the Raiders rookie quarterback did not complete a pass after the first quarter. Like the Raiders just did not complete a pass. And yet they won. How did, how did the, how did the chiefs lose this? I'm sorry. I like respect to the Raiders, respect to the Raiders. But if you don't complete a pass for the last three quarters, there's no way you should lose that game. If somebody came to you and was like, Hey, the the Raiders are going to throw for 62 yards against the chiefs. How much money would you, would you put your life on the line <laughs> that the Chiefs would win that game? Yeah, that's right. The it, it really is insane. Um, the Shil Kapati, our ringer colleague, had this incredible stat um, by expected points added per play, which is a, a really good snapshot. Expected points added per play. Patrick Mahomes has had 109 starts in regular season. This was last. This was dead last in expected points added per play in his entire career. This is the worst start of his career by EPA per play. I mean, the, the Raiders. I, I couldn't. The Raiders' defensive line beat the piss out of the Chiefs' offensive line. Yeah. Like Max Crosby's, obviously, I actually think he might he's probably been the best player this year. He will not win the award because the Raiders aren't good. But Max, Crosby, but the whole line beat the crap out of the Chiefs. Antonio Pierce, though, I am. I love him. All the Giants fans love Pierce because he was the linebacker for the Giants and they beat the sixteen-zero Patriots. But he is the man. He's yeah. the absolute man. And after the game, they had the video of him. Like he was like, "We're gonna smoke our shit. We're gonna talk our shit." And I was like, <laughs> "I love this guy." <laughs> Yeah, he's awesome. He's got them playing so hard. They put up zero against the Vikings, the Raiders. But ignore that. <laughs> That's not cool, Craig. Don't don't worry about that little guy. You know. Um, you know what's funny? I, I, you said the Raiders aren't good. You know the Raiders can still win the division. Stop! Wow, dude. Yeah. Literally a month ago, we were like, "Wow, can you imagine if we put money on the Broncos to win the division over the Chiefs? Like you would have gotten like a hundred to one odds." We we literally could have put the Raiders at that time. Ra- Raiders are seven and eight. Chiefs are nine and six. Somehow, if the Chiefs lost the last two and the Raiders won the next two, Raiders are winner of the AFC West. <laughs> Do you remember like a year and a half ago when we were like <laughs> AFC West is this the greatest division of all time? It, dude, it's weird watching the Chiefs. This is you know, I, I feel like I'm used to watching a sloppy team. The Seahawks are one of the sloppiest freaking like undisciplined teams imaginable. It just drives me insane. Like as a Chiefs fan, it must be so frustrating to watch this team because. It seems like every single play, Jack brought this up when we were talking about it pre, uh, pre-pod, pre like every single play, it felt like Chiefs receivers were lining up in the wrong place, running the wrong like motions. It felt like Patrick Mahomes, it was like literally having to go over and explain like what guys are supposed to be doing on every single play. He was screaming at his offensive line middle of the game. Um, the So Heifetz mentioned the two plays in, within seven seconds of each other where they scored defensive touchdowns. The Raiders did uh, the touchdown. The first touchdown was they direct snapped it to Isaiah Pacheco, who like 
thought he was handing off to Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, like, what? First of all, what what is this play? What are we doing? It was like a belly option, like read option to Patrick Mahomes. I don't know what the fuck that is. Um, but anyways, they they fumbled that exchange and that led to a defensive touchdown. Um, but it's just like every single play for the offense felt like a complete clusterfuck. And that and Kadaris Tony wasn't even in this game. Yeah, like, he was the glue guy. You guys are right. He was holding the whole thing together. <laughs> like it wasn't. It's not like we can just blame think, this on Tony anymore. It's wh- like the whoever whole the announcer offense. was, whoever the announcer was, nailed that play where they were like, "This is kind of like Andy Reid and the Chiefs trying to prove to themselves that they're still them because they're calling a weird fake read option trick play five yards from their own goal line." And guess what happened? You guys suck. But the one Isaiah Pacheco laying down on the table and it breaking, I just couldn't have picked just like, like picked on the better, nose. <laughs> just yeah. yeah, way too on the nose. <laughs> also, Kelsey getting really mad during this game. Just saying, Kelsey hasn't looked himself lately. I mean, he Did had we a couple good plays too. He had the, hic- Ooh, he had the hickey. hickey. You think that was real? Did he have? He had a hickey. I, I, well, I mean, football player. A lot of ways you can get a little bruise in your back, <laughs> but I don't know. It did look like he had a hickey. The oh, screenshot. Man. I saw. I saw a tweet saying that Taylor Swift is Yoko Onoing the Chiefs. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I no. Someone else said a joke that was like, yeah, got, like Chiefs, like angry Chiefs fans. Like she's Yoko Ono, and then all the Swifties are like, man, the Chiefs really need another compliment to Kelsey on the outside. <laughs> like they need to get these motions together. Uh, other, we got to be a little positive here. Lions won the division first time since 1993. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Could could be the one seed. The, the Lions. Lions beat the Vikings 30 to 24. As Craig said, yeah, they could be the one seed. Every. I think the Lions have delivered on like every kind of hype. Uh, Fantasy-wise, Amon Ross St. Brown's money in the bank. Jameer Gibbs is incredible after a slow start. If you made the playoffs with him, you love him. Uh, Laporta wasn't as good this week, but I I mean, David Montgomery scored it as well. But also just overall, how often do we go into a team and have like, this is the team we love. We love the Lions this year. We love this coach. We love their players. This is all fun. Like they're going to be great. Completely delivered on all of the hype and beyond. There's, and like the, uh, the video of Dan Campbell after in the locker room, did you guys see he pulled all the veterans who've been there forever? Yeah. Like Frank Ragnow and Taylor Decker and these guys who've been there for basically every player who'd been in the Lions for five or more years. He was like getting the center, he had him break down the huddle and was like, I, this is, it's so pure. It's so like, if you can't enjoy the Lions season, I don't know. I don't know what you can't enjoy. I think it's going to be really interesting. As you were just talking about that, it, it kind of struck me like the, the Raiders are probably going to hire Antonio Pierce to be the next coach. And a big reason is the big reason is hopefully, yeah, like you said, is that he is a culture guy. Like he gets the guys to play really hard. Like this is an intense team. This is the type of um, environment you want. You need the team to have to like be competitive long-term. And this is exactly what Dan Campbell has brought to the lions to me. Like the big question and like sort of the philosophical divide for a lot of teams is like, do we go with a, there's two options you have to hire an NFL coach these days. It's the offensive genius. You get like a Kyle Shanahan type guy, Sean McVay type guy, and just hold on to those guys for dear life because that is like the way that you win in the NFL consistently long-term. Or you get a, a culture, culture guy like Dan Campbell. Like Pete Carroll has been that guy for years. I don't like, obviously, yep. who knows where that's going to go Tomlin. going forward. Tomlin. You know, these are the, this is like the two decisions that you have, I, I think. Um, and I think the the Lions are going to be a great litmus test or I guess test of this theory because Ben Johnson probably is going to get a, f- a head coaching job after the season. And he's going to take his offensive genius with him. And it'll be just very, I think it's going to be just very fascinating to see like how this Lions team sort of evolves over the next year or two. I think um, you're right on that, TK. I have one question though. Who are the offensive genius hires who have worked? 
Well, I just named two of them. Shanahan, McVay. Okay, because here's, here's my thing with that. Kyle Shannon's the son Matt of Mike Lafleur. Shanahan. Okay, okay, that's fair. Because I was wondering, like, there's the Shanahan system, but we don't talk enough about, they're like the ultimate Nepo babies. And like, it's a compliment, but like, yeah, Kyle Shanahan was the son of Mike Shanahan. Sean McVay's grandfather, like, was the GM of the 49ers when, in the 80s. So it's like, the actual, I feel like yeah, it's, it's to, to me. There's a fine that. there's a fine line between nepo baby and literally. I grew up in the game, and I'm fucking well, it's, smart. Realistically, those are the like the best people at anything. Are like, like Shanahan. Going to Shanahan's a genius because he's been he's been like dreaming about scheming up guys since he, he's like fucking like the messy of yeah of play callers. Like you yeah, know what Steve I mean? Belichick's like, a nepo baby, <laughs> but he's not going to be good at it. Yeah, right. I don't right. know. But to me, it's just like there's a you know there's. Obviously, like, yes, nepotism is at play here, but like these guys have been around the game since they were like four years old. They're going to absorb a lot of information and have a lot of smart. I guess the thing I'm just trying to say is that the the guys that have actually worked out were not expected. Andy Reid was a quarterback's coach. He got hired. Nobody knew he was when they went to the Eagles like 25 years ago. Mike McDaniel, nobody knew what to make of him. And then Lafleur, but like those guys were well, so uh, yeah. unbelievably experienced not, that it's like it's crazy to. And just, I'm not saying Ben Johnson is a shoe in to be the next great offensive coach. I think it's just going to be an interesting test. I think that's going to be a fascinating wrinkle to this whole Lions story. Is like what happens to the offense when they lose that guy. So, but but overall, um, agree with all your points. Like it's really fun to see the Lions playing like this. Like their offense is so fun to watch. Jameer Gibbs, I mean. The dude that he's one of the most electric playmakers in the NFL. Oh, the like, juke period. He had Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, he yeah. like set up a guy like fake to the middle and then then bounce it outside. It was an incredible play. After all the bullshit, you guys go back to the beginning of the season. Remember, like there was a couple of games there where Jameer Gibbs was playing like twenty five percent of the snaps. We were just pissed. After all the bullshit, Jameer Gibbs is the uh, running back six on the season in in points per I game. Fits. You're right, though. Uh, the fact that Dan Campbell came in and did the classic overconfident new coach thing. He was this ridiculous giant man who drank 40 ounces of espresso a day and and like was talking about <laughs> eating kneecaps. The fact that all of this worked out and he was like, we're going to start with the culture first and we're going to, you know, bite people's kneecaps, all this stuff. And it actually worked out. They make this weird trade, Stafford for Goff. And this team has become easily, in my opinion, the most likable team in the NFL. And I don't think anybody across the league would be upset if the Lions won a Super Bowl. Dan Campbell literally said, I think it was this year or last year, like, people calling us meatheads like it's an insult. You know what? I am a meathead. We're meatheads. <laughs> I love it. Like, uh, it's just, like, it's sick. Uh, otherwise, we don't have to linger here. I, I just missed this game. The Dolphins beat Dallas, the two teams that can't beat any good teams, and it was kind of a bad game. I just... Yep. I, the, I, what I was able to catch of this game, and again, apologies, but it's December 26th. So I just didn't see a bunch of it. Just seemed like both these teams, no one left uh, feeling great. Other yes. than Jason Sanders, who made like five field goals. and had like They somehow managed to like maintain their reputation of still being two teams that can't beat a good team. Even though the <laughs> Dolphins technically won, they're, they're still right. the exact same teams. Right. They just I don't feel better about either slower. one. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, like weirdly, it was kind of a defensive battle. You know what I mean? Like it, it didn't feel like I was expecting it to be like this high flying shootout type game where everyone like going back and forth, especially the way that the Cowboys defense has played lately. And it just felt more like a, you know, just like a defensive grind fest, even though it wasn't like necessarily like a low scoring game. It was just, I don't know, um, but the lack of big plays. This is, a good way to, this is a good way to button this conversation up because uh, we don't really feel great about Dallas or Miami. We don't really feel good about the Eagles. They've been weird for about a month. The Niners just got shellacked. We don't feel good about the Chiefs. I don't feel good about anybody in the AFC South, right? Jacksonville's going to win that division, maybe. Don't feel good about them. 
I guess the Lions. How many teams do you actually think are good in the NFL right now oh, that, was, that are going to make was, the playoffs? Yeah, that was a thought that I had doing the power ranks this week. And I actually think I saw this. Heifetz, correct me if I'm wrong. The Browns can still be the top seed in the AFC. Like, the, are the Browns a good team? You know, with Joe Flacco at quarterback, I feel like the Browns are just like this. Other imagine team. Flacco just does it again and just does the incredible <laughs> playoff run for them. I, mean, I know. Just never, He's like reliving like, it. It's it's wild. Are the wild card teams in the AFC better than the actual division winners? The wild cards are <laughs> Cleveland, Buffalo, and Indianapolis. Like, which three teams are better? Let's say the Ravens are at the top. That's fine. The next teams below the Ravens are Miami, Kansas City, and Jacksonville. Are those three teams better than Cleveland, Buffalo, and Indy? I'm not sure they are. I think there's two. There's three really good teams. I would pick the Browns <laughs> to beat the Chiefs for sure. Uh, like just straight I, up in a game. The yeah, the mean, Browns are so buttoned up. It, it's crazy that is to say, and they're also more banged up too. It's, but the, that's we don't talk enough. The Browns' offensive line has been like mangled this year. They, it, it, it's not just Nick Chubb that's been hurt. Like they're down. Are they on the third string right tackle? Two on the left. Like it's just they're down five tackles total. It's just a career four. It's crazy that the Browns are um doing this well. But no, uh, the Bills, dude, you're so right because the Dolphins are also so good, but the Dolphins kind of can't gain a yard. And I hate teams that are supposed to, like the Chiefs, the Dolphins, like for all their offensive plays, they don't have like a good third and one offense, which is just crazy to mm. think about in the playoffs. Right now, the Buffalo Bills are 11 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Craig, you called that like two, a month, month month ago. I think that's an incredible bet. This is like when Lions they were like 18 to one. I think the, um, I like the Bills. I like the Lions. And honestly, the Rams are going to be a sneaky I, NFC team. If they I was going to say the Rams too. Yeah. We don't have to linger here because the Giants, I know they benched Tommy Cutlets. We talked about that, but like the Giants almost beating the Eagles is so fucking pathetic. Like the Eagles, the Eagles even letting that almost happen is incredible. And, and the Giants got screwed with that weird end of that last play. Yeah. The ball honestly, the Giants should have won that game, which is insane to think about. Or at least they should have had the chance to win the game because they were down eight. But I, the the Eagles look so flawed. It's weird, especially because they're still kind of healthy relative <laughs> to the rest of the league. The Eagles are like the classic team that's completely lost their mojo. Wait, this, you know what I mean? They, is, they like they they exuded confidence and they were like so intimidating for like most of the year, and they completely have like just lost their mojo. They're like Austin Powers. They have they have football ed. Yeah. <laughs> they look tired. Yeah, hundred percent. Like it, I think this is like when people talk about momentum. Obviously, there's like this amorphous like idea of momentum. Blah blah blah. I don't want to get into that debate right now. But like the Eagles are a team that just is not confident right now. Yeah, yeah. It'd be fun to do the momentum power rankings heading into the playoffs. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusion supply. You want to do a little waivers trivia here? So we're going to do, this is, you know, we usually do this Monday, so, you know, Christmas, we're doing this today, but 
If you're still making waivers and, and ads and stuff, major championship, trying to avoid last place, whatever's going on, we're going to yep. go through position by position. We're going to pick. We're going to do a little trivia here, too. And we're going to just try to, you know, get you, get you a chip. So we'll just dive um, right in. What's up, Greg? Wait, I, w- I want to give the update here. So we've been doing trivia for the entire year. I've been keeping score. Well, you, this, is like, if this is like 18th hole. You're going to tell me my I don't, score? Yeah, like, I don't want to fucking know my score. No, this is well, good. We, this, this is what we do. This is the last week of trivia. And then we, we, I don't know if you guys remember, but last year when we did this, you double the points in, in week oh, 17, wow. heading into oh, week 17. It's like the money to, ball. To give anybody a chance. Yeah. So last year, Heifetz won. Trivia King this year. Again, uh, if you win, if you win the 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 round, you get two points. If you get second, you get a point. And if you are third in in the in the in guessing, you get negative one. Mm. So with that said, I added negative up. I've been one. keeping score all year. Heifetz coming in in third place right now. What with five points? Wow. Heifetz, what do you mean five? Bad like, year in trivia. You've had like five. You're saying points. I won five things all year. Well, again, it's, you get two points if you're in first, one in second, negative one in third, and you were at five oh. on the se- on the season. He's a two out DK hitter. DK's in second with twenty, and I'm in first at twenty eight. Wow, yeah, good job, so, Craig. So DK, how many has else a shot to get right still. to win? I've it's, uh, even if this was like Jeopardy style, it ain't going to work for you, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but Woof. you can try to spoil us. You know, you can be like the Panthers and try and just like kick somebody out of the playoffs. Why but DK? You and I have a shot here, or you have a shot to take me down. And wow. also, Kai, we should say, uh, once again, chose the right person. Kai's not producing today. He's off. But D- he chose DK's team. DK's team was successful. So Kai, once again, has skirted trying wow. to do food. This is the last week of waivers, and Kai has only tried two foods. I think we've been doing this for like seven, eight weeks. Kai has had mac and cheese and a kiwi, and that's it. <laughs> so good for Kai. Yeah. Our producer is starving. He needs more food. More mac Maybe and this needs- is the key. Maybe Kai's the best fantasy player in the world if he has like, you know, right. eating a walnut on the line. <laughs> All right, let's get to running back here. We have a, a trivia here from Drew. Drew. All right. <clears throat> it is Drew's running back showdown time. All right, Drew writes that my wife and I had our first child in March. And we got an app that helps us track when my child was eating. But we also, the app also tracked when he pooped. Mm. How many times did my son poop in the month of July? This newborn baby. And he says, hint, our doctor insisted this was a totally normal amount. Wow. You're, DK, strong advantage here. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if that's true. I mean, yes, it, it technically probably is true since I'm the only one with the son. But like. I feel like there's a really wide variation of how often kids poop. Um, okay. So you said this is one month? Yeah. All right. I'm ready. Three, two, one, six, five. What? I said 105. What'd you say, Craig? 97. I said Ooh. 60. Okay. I didn't go high enough, good. did I? <clears throat> I feel good about my. I don't know. Age. It could be the opposite. The answer is four. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what I'm getting what? at. Like, some kids are like really fucking regular. What? And then some kids just like never poop. It's wild. Four. Doesn't, that doesn't seem healthy to me. Just What's I'm a, not a well, doctor. The doctor said it was. Dicky's <laughs> like, I know the doctor said it was healthy, but no, I. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, what I'm just thinking back to when Calvin was an infant. Like, I feel like he was shitting like every couple of hours. <laughs> I, totally, I assumed. I thought it was like wrong. three times a day. So yeah. Isn't a baby poop like a different? You know what? We don't have to get it. When it's when they're re- when they're real infants, like just fresh out of the womb, 
uh, it's like a black tar paste. It's not, it's not pretty (laughs) like fondant. And then, you know, after a while, once they start eating like more foods and things like that, it turns into different consistencies. Is it three month old baby eating more foods? Uh, well, it depends. (laughs) Yeah. Some babies are just pure formula. Some babies are pure breast milk. I don't know how early I, I forget. I forget how early you actually introduce food to a baby. I have a, can I admit something? Yeah. Oh, I know what you're going to well, say, and I agree. No, I don't think you do. What do you, oh, what okay. did you think I was going to say? That you know nothing about babies or timelines? Well, that, yeah. I mean, this is a mini version of that. I don't know what the hell's in baby formula. I don't know what it is. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> I think. Uh, what is baby formula? You know, it's like it's a, vitamins it's, and it's nutrients supposed to be a close a approximation smoothie? of breast milk. So, but what know, is like it? The nutrients, vitamins, minerals, protein. I think it's like the et cetera. Cake. The cake mix, it's like, it's just kind of like the pre-mix, it's the flour and all the stuff. And just, you know. Betty Crocker's baby formula? Yeah. That's the, what else could there be to it? You know, we just do, you know, men in their late 20s. Is it just like blended up fruits and vegetables or no? DK is kind of like puckering his upper lip because he knows how charged the breast milk versus uh, baby formula debate is. And us two uh, babes in the woods, Craig, have no idea how intense people feel about this. Well, I'm sure, first of all. When you say baby formula, there's more than one. So there are probably several different variations, but Dare I'm I say there are formulas. I'm looking it up. There is mm. milk, lactose, uh, safflower oil, soy oil, whey protein, <laughs> coconut oil. I mean, I, a bunch I, of oil. Essentially, the idea is to replace, <laughs> to give you vitamins and minerals. Drink your milkshake. Protein Drink is all up. like, protein support. Seed oils are not popular nowadays. Those are highly inflammatory. All right, we should probably talk about the running backs. DK, uh, oh, wait, no, do I get to go first? Hyphen it's one. DK, we're now speaking only four points apart. Yeah. No. Uh, oh, yeah, you did get last. Yeah. All right, I'm not going to lie. I have no idea what to do. Uh, no clue. Because Khalil Herbert for the Bears, who, if he's if he's available in your league, it has to be considered because he had, what, 18 touches for over 110 yards. But Deontay mm-hmm. Foreman missed this week for the Bears. But, like, Deontay yeah. Foreman missed this week. He wasn't hurt, right? He had a personal issue. Yeah. So... Yeah. I we don't know what that is. Obviously, might be serious. Um, so, but he also might be back, Deontay right, Foreman. Right. So I guess I would begrudgingly take Tyler Algier for the Falcons because he just is just won't go away. Ten touches, yeah. and <laughs> I, I guess I would take Tyler Algier because he got ten. He will probably get ten touches, and that's probably the best you'll do if you, God forbid, have to add someone this week. More carries than Bijan last two weeks. Tyler Algier. Um, I'm gonna go with if I'm if I'm up here. I'm gonna go with Clyde Edwards Hilaire on the Chiefs. Uh, Ooh, like Isaiah that. Pacheco uh, with a concussion. I don't know if he'll be back. Do you know if the did the concussion happen for Pacheco when he was on the field and got kneed in the head, or was it when he was on the table and fell to the ground? I think he was literally. Wasn't he going to the table after the concussion and then fell? Which <laughs> yes, is like, I was probably kidding. just tripled it. I'm uh, sure that helped. Yeah, yeah. Jerick McKinnon also quietly went on IR uh, this week. So Clyde is kind of all they have. They have like Lamichael Pirine. Um, but Clyde weirdly was Clyde. like the best player on the field, not named Mahomes in this game. <laughs> like, you know, he actually maybe, maybe, maybe including Mahomes. <laughs> I want Clyde. No, you can't. You, you, already you already chose. No, no, no. You can't do that. That's only if I suggest you take a guy before I choose. That's when. Yeah. Give mm. me a point. You can't steal my guy. Agreed. We'll find a way. All right, fine. TK. Um. All right, so since I'm last, I'm going to give a few options that you have here. I think I still think Justice Hill for the Ravens is out there, and he's a potential option. He didn't do a whole lot against the 49ers, but the 49ers defense is awesome. Um, 
Tajay Spears, who we've mentioned on every single waiver show this entire season, is still out there. Still a big part of their passing, or at least a part of their passing game. Uh, he had six targets last week, five catches, 27 yards. He's not doing a whole lot on the ground, but um, I'm just going to go for the gusto here, and I'm going to take Chase Brown for the Bengals, even though he didn't play wow. as much in this last game. They've still been rotating running backs with Mixon obviously had a, a much bigger role in this game, this last game, but I guess I'll just go with like the really explosive guy. Wait, did Khalil Herbert not get taken already? No. Yeah, well, if, if, if Deontay Foreman's like out, then he, uh, then I think Khalil Herbert would be worth, like totally worth starting as a flex. Yeah. I think the issue is if Deontay Foreman returns and we have very little insight into what the backfield is, that would be tough. I think so it kind of depends. I'm going to change my answer. I'm going Khalil Herbert. And I'm just taking the risk that uh, he may lose his job as a starter. But to me, like, he looked so good in this last game. It would be, like, weird for the Bears to, like, go away from him. They The Bears do weird stuff, so I'm not necessarily ruling it out. But, um, I mean, he looked really explosive, really elusive. He was really good in this last game. They have been sort of rotating their lead back over the last, like, month, which is frustrating from a fantasy point of view, but I'm just going to go with Khalil Herbert if Deontay... And then once you pick him up, if Deontay Foreman is back and you're watching like the practice reports for the Bears and Foreman is really involved, like maybe just don't start Khalil Herbert, but I'm I'm taking the chance and picking up Khalil Herbert at the very least on the waiver wire. Also, we should mention that Zamir White, the running back on the Raiders, had a great game against uh, the Chiefs. He had 145 yards and, and Josh Jacobs was kind of declared out uh, in the, like the day before the game. If he somehow were to miss again, I think we would all agree that they're playing the Colts. Zamir White's probably the top guy, right? If, if Josh yeah. Jacobs yeah, is out. I think That's the kind of the theme for all these guys is that we're- Pick him we up and wait. Situation. Yeah, yeah, for all these guys, Khalil Herbert, Zamir White, Clyde, um, all these guys are- Definitely, Clyde's like, probably your safest bet because for sure. Pacheco's had a, a like a, a slew of injuries this past past month. I would say Clyde is like pretty solid to put in your lineup, and then I would say Khalil Herbert without Foreman, and I would say Algier is if like if you just want a guy who's going to get nine to twelve touches, it's fine. Ahead. You don't feel great about it, and then everyone after that, like from everyone below Chase Brown's, kind of you know go with God, make you know make peace with your make peace with your um, higher power. Wide receivers. Uh, trivia. So, what's the score in trivia here? Uh, so now I'm up to th- uh, DK lost, right? So DK's at 18. I'm at 30. This game is over, baby. <laughs> oh well, that's. You know what, Craig? We should have told it. anyone. There's no stakes now. Yeah. Well, I wanted everybody to know where we w- were because then they would make the trivia more interesting. This is why the NFL rigs everything. Okay. Uh, this showdown time, Matthew. Trivia. Matthew. It is. You know what? I know. I know. We've we've been trying out this new thing. I don't like it. It doesn't hit as hard. It is Matthew's wide receiver showdown time. It just doesn't hit as hard. Yeah. I don't know what it is. We're going to have to figure something out By the way, next time. But- can I just throw this out there right now? Many people have emailed us and, and tweeted at us that the old way was better. <laughs> because is in right? reality, you not, we're not always going up against people with waiver wire. Like if, if you have two people that try and get the same guy on the waiver wire, then you have to do a showdown time. But that doesn't always happen. Sometimes you're the only guy to claim it. All right, we're committed, though. We're in the middle of the show. We're we're committed. (laughs) Anyway, we might have just gotten over, like, a little over our skis. A little over our skis on, like, changing it up, but that's fine. It is Matthew's wide receiver (laughs) showdown time. All right, it's from Matthew's. Can you believe Matthew? Matthew must be sitting there, like, so excited to hear his trivia question, and then he's just, we're just like, this sucks. Let me do this. Uh, Matthew's like, all right, as a born and raised, I don't know how to say, Illinois, how do you say Illinois? 
Illinoisian. Illinoisian. All right. What he's from Illinois. Illinoisian. There's an S he in went there. To this, he went to the same high school as AOC, Aiden O'Connell. Uh, not AOC. Okay. Uh, he says, not only should you know how high should the corn be in July, uh, July not how high should corn be in July, it's knee high by 4th of July, mm-hmm. but also how many pounds of beef does a 1,000 cow, pound cow produce? How many pounds of beef do you get from a cow that weighs 1,000 pounds? Are they, are this, guy, this guy's just trying to humiliate us even further. We got, is it going to uh, rhyme? Is this his point? So, so it's essentially like what percent of a cow is edible? Yeah, but with a number. I'm, I'm going to get right. this. I bet this is rhymes again, and I have a number. I have an idea. Oh, you think there's a rhyme? I bet there's a rhyme. I hate this question. <laughs> um, um, how many pounds of beef does a 1,000-pound cow produce? Oh, man, this is tough. Well, how many pounds of meat would I produce? How much, how much <laughs> on me? I don't know. You're the cannibal expert. Bone density. Yes. Um, <laughs> this is your, this is your right. wheelhouse, Craig. I am the cannibal expert. Um, <laughs> you're the flesh. Never, you're the human flesh eating expert on this on this podcast. It, I guess if there were one person to be given <laughs> the title bone amongst the three of us, it's me. Um, All right, you guys ready? I don't fucking know. Okay. Sure. All right, three, two, one. Six oh one. What'd you oh, say? Oh, damn it. I said 600. I said 601. I said 500. Okay. I, damn it. That's crazy. You so guys you squeezed thinking, me. I was trying to think of what the rhyme would be. I assume that's why mm-hmm. I said it. Watch everyone screaming at us right now because it has nothing to rhyme. But if it was knee high by 4th of July, I was like, 1,000 pounds. I was like, half ton gives you like 601. I was thinking, what would the rhyme be? Because 1,000 mm. half, half a ton. Half ton 601? It could have been 501. Or 401. Or 401 or well, I, that was just a guess, man. I don't fucking you know what. All right. The answer is 630. Let's go. Okay. Fucking well, last it place again. doesn't mean the rhyme made any sense, but. I don't think it's a rhyme. I think I was wrong, actually. So wait, what's the answer? 630? 630 And this is pounds. supposed to be obvious to people that didn't come up in no, 4-H? No, I think it was just, I think I okay. thought it was a rhyme and I was wrong. So 63% of the cow yields meat. Two thirds. There's, there's bones in there. There's entrails. Who knows? Well, the entrails going on. You can eat some of the entrails. Dude, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, like if you were out, you know, stranded somewhere and you killed a cow, you'd have 630 pounds of meat. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, a thousand pound cow. <laughs> yeah. But like, that's unbelievable. You, if you had a family, you guys are chilling for a month or a, a year. I don't know. 630 pounds. It's like an endless supply of food. I think so much of the reason that we overeat as a society is that we don't have to kill our animals anymore for ourselves. You know, you wouldn't go for seconds. You had to kill another chicken. Anyway, uh, receiver. Hyvitz is making a, a real run here. Hyvitz, you're kind of creeping up to DK's score, actually. DK's down to 16 and Hyvitz is up to 13. Hyvitz could steal second. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. So I get to pick the litter of wide receivers. Yeah. Man. Okay. So I think, so what's the deal with these Vikings injuries? Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson. Do we think we're going to, they're going to play next week? Cause if not, I would say KJ Hawkinson by default. It sounds like Hawkinson's injury is a little bit serious. Not good. He's not yeah. going to, I would guess he does not play next week. Jordan Addison had a ankle injury, I believe. Uh, and so his status is going to be up in the air. So now it's because- Josh Oliver and Johnny Munt. At tight end. Johnny Munt. Because the other guy I'm between here is Romeo Dobbs. 
But I feel like actually Christian Watson might come back next week. And I think Jaden Reed has a shot to come back next week. And yeah. so it would be like Jaden Reed, Christian Watson, Wicks, and Dobbs all again. Well, Wicks so got should, hurt too. <laughs> Wicks got hurt again. And God damn. Yeah. All right. There's everybody on the Packers is hurt right now. And so there, there's a level of uncertainty. Dobbs might be like the number one guy by far going forward. I'll say KJ Osborne because Nick Bullens is an absolute lunatic who's just like launching <laughs> balls. Yeah, but he might get benched, Ty Fitz. Oh my There's God, a report this, is- this morning that the Vikings are heavily considering going to like a Jaron Hall next next week. So <laughs> Okay, then I don't want KJ Osborne. I, th- this right. is the problem with doing waivers like in week whatever 17 it is now. Well, it's hopefully like- you're not in this position of having to do this, <laughs> but also it so sucks to do it. Yeah. Uh, honestly, part of me wants to just freaking take Demarcus Robinson for the Rams because they're playing the Giants on interesting Stafford just on another level right now. That's probably a terrible pick. But Robinson's on no. a heater. He has a four four straight games with a touchdown. So yeah, yeah. It's like, what could go wrong? That's you're never gonna die. But he also um, has will- an eighteen percent target rate. He's playing at eighty five percent of the snaps. This is I don't think it's that bad of a choice. Like, I kind of think that like I kind of just like rolling with Stafford's playing out Stafford's of his mind. Feeling it right now. He's and I just I, that's not even like the quote unquote right pick, but I just kind of feel weirdly okay with Demarcus Robinson. Uh, but there's but the whole point right. is there's like six guys you could pick, but KJ Osborne's probably smarter pick. It's probably four people that are smarter pick, but screw it. All right. So you're going with Demarcus Robinson. It's a terrible choice, but I'm doing it. Craig. Um I'm just gonna go with Romeo Dobbs. Like I'm not gonna yeah. get cute. Watson hasn't practiced since like week 13. So I'm gonna stick with Dobbs. They're playing Minnesota. It's been bad against wide receivers. Um, yeah, I think that's a smart choice. I'm going to go with, uh, I think it comes down to Osborne, who again is a big unknown because we don't know what's going on with Addison necessarily yet. I'm going to go with Rashid Shahid. Just stick with, play the hits. You love him. Yeah. Yeah. And he's been good. He had a touchdown this last week. He's very explosive. Uh, 81% snaps, 22% target rate in this last game. He's the number two receiver behind Chris Olave. Michael Thomas is not coming back. He's not walking through that door guys. Um, Let's see. I don't know. Derek Carr. Can I is offer, a, let me offer you one up here that I think you'll like, DK. Okay. Your boy, Greg Dortch. <laughs> Since Kyler yeah. came back in week 10, Dortch is basically the leading receiver on this team. He leads the team in targets, catches, yards, touchdowns with Kyler back at wide receiver because Trey McBride's been good. But at wide receiver, it's been right. Dortch. Right. He's basically had two bad games. They were against the Niners and then the, the Steelers. Two good defenses. Marquise Brown could still be out. He's got a heel injury. And they're playing the Eagles in which I, on, you may look at that and at face value, you might be scared about that, but the Eagles are giving up the single most amount of fantasy points to wide receivers this year. So Dorch, I, I don't mind this week. What about Josh Palmer too? There's Josh yeah. Palmer. Dorch, I love Dorch. There's Josh Palmer. Noah Brown, if CJ Stroud comes back. Yep. You're, then you're dealing with then Easton just, Stick though. <laughs> you know? It's you're, Easton you're putting Stick. Your, you're putting your fantasy life on in Easton Stick's hands. They're at Denver. Patrick Sertan all over Josh Palmer. Is Keenan Allen coming back? We don't know. A lot of unknowns uh, there. Yeah, I like I like the Dorch one. I think I'm still going to go Rashid Shahid though. I think because so, so no one's taking Osborne. I kind of hate KJ Osborne to be honest. Well, Osborne to me feels very volatile. All, all these guys are pretty volatile to be honest. Yeah, but like, waiver ads in week, December. It's New yeah. Year's Eve. Remember, almost. was it was it week one last year that KJ Osborne had like 190 yards and everybody thought he was like the next going to take off and then yeah. it's just Sammy Watkins. Yes. Yeah. The Saints right, well, the Saints get the Bucks next week. And the Bucks have given up the fourth most 
points to fantasy receivers. So that might just be the edge I need. The Eagles, though, in your defense, have given up the most points to fantasy receivers. Dorts, dude. Don't. Yeah. Short. Kyler likes passing to his short teammates. His short, short God. Have, so are you taking Dorch then? No, I'm going to stick with Dobbs, but I like, I like Dorch. All right. All right. Tight ends. This question's from Will. Will. It is William's tight end. Showdown time. Hi, Vince. If, if you get first or second here, you have a chance to steal silver from DK in the trivia, in the trivia standings. I know everyone is, is sweating this out. They really want to see Heifetz get second. Honestly, not coming in last. This is great. It's like waivers to avoid the toilet bowl. This is great. So we can do this for Google Maps with like just distance, like old school. Oh, I, I love distance trivia. What country is the largest exporter of cumin? <laughs> Which we got an email from someone who called it cumin. Fuck. <laughs> they called it cumin. Their mom called it cumin their whole life. And they turned to their wife. They're like, can you pass the cumin? So anyway, what country is the largest exporter of cumin? So how are we doing this? How, how uh, are we? Everyone throws a country out and then it, we'll Google map the, dis- the distances if we need to do that. I feel like, uh, I feel like this is rot with... Wait, wait, wait. What, what is the distance? Have, oh, it's just who is who is literally closer to the country, the, to the correct country yeah. that determines the winner? Um, I got to tell you, I think I know the answer to this. I'd be sick if it was California. <laughs> <laughs> Craig's going to be in that Civil War movie. He's going to be watching it like the California, <laughs> yeah. Texas. And Craig's well, like, yeah. California is definitely the biggest exporter of cumin with the porn scene. Yeah, that's right. LA porn scene. That's, I, that's right. I, I actually don't know what's going on internationally in that space. <laughs> in America, it is probably. Coming. You have no idea? You have no clue what's going on internationally? <laughs> Amsterdam, Zero? maybe? I don't know. Um, I, Hold on. I got to think about this. I have no idea who produ- produces cumin. Cumin. <laughs> when I think of cumin, I think of tacos. You know, I think of Mexican food. <laughs> so I'm like Mexico, but maybe that's stupid. I think I know this. I'm. If I can, if so, I I need to come in first, and DK needs to come in last. It comes in last. Uh, DK just needs to come in last. You, you could even get come second, in last. D- okay. DK just has to come in last. <laughs> <laughs> you have to come okay. in last, and then you'll All be right. fucking hell. You, you guys ready to guess? <laughs> I guess I hate this game. Um, All right, three, two, one. India, Brazil. China. So. Yeah, okay. I th- I thought of India Spices, too. Spices, China. India, yeah. that makes sense. What's the answer? India. Let's ah, go. Ah, shit. I thought of that too. But no, but DK doesn't come in last. All right. He did not come in last. So does that mean so, Heifetz and I tie? Uh, so Heifetz, Heifetz, three straight wins uh, Dude. this round. Incredible Heifetz gets 12 points in this in this round. He does. Or in this, so uh, Heifetz goes up to 17 pod. and DK loses two. So DK's at 18, Heifetz 17. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm like the Bills <laughs> missing the playoffs. <laughs> My blood pressure is very high right now. Thanks for that, God Craig. damn it. I'm pretty sure last year on this pod, I completely like fumbled and lost. Like I went from like either second to last or first to last. So I have 32, DK 18, Heifetz 17. Jesus. Heifetz. Made things interesting at the end there. Wow. You're like the Raiders, and DK was like the Chiefs. It's like, is this going to happen? <laughs> Dude, I thought. Are the Raiders going to win the too. division? 
You want to know why I picked China is because I was like, it's a huge country. And so I could like pick the spot you know, closest. You argue about a border. <laughs> I'm like, I can pick the spot that's closest, even like over an ocean. I feel like it's strategic. <laughs> that's funny. I feel like China also makes the most like tea in the world. So I feel like that's kind of in the realm of spices. Yeah. I, I definitely right. almost picked India though. Shit. Oh, well. Um, tight end. I feel like the two to start with here. Gerald Everett in these games where Keenan Allen's been out has been fine. Uh, yeah. He's yeah, like totally fine. It is disgusting, but uh, yeah, I do. But, I regret to inform everybody that you could do worse than Gerald Everett. But I'm not going to take him. I'm going to take Tucker Craft for the Packers, who DK has been banging the drum about for a month. And ever since Luke Musgrave had, um, can't say this enough, a lacerated kidney. F- f- football, brutal. And I was thinking brutal about sport. that when LeBron went down on Christmas Day with the collision with Tatum, and I didn't see it live, so I watched the video, and I was like, they barely touched each other. And I'm like, wow, football, basketball, different sports. Uh, but Tucker Craft... It's just been good, man. He's such a more traditional tight end than Luke Musgrave, but with all the Packers banged up, I'm actually going to take Tucker Craft for the Packers. I think he's a top, he's a top ten tight end in the last month, um, which isn't saying a whole lot because he's not like averaging he's a playing ton of a points. ton of snaps. He's yeah. playing like ninety percent of snaps with Musgraves out, which is like elite participation. Yeah, I think he's a good player. Um, I'm going to go with Everett targets in the last three games eight 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 could could be worse. You could have said eight targets per. In each of the last three games. Here's the number of targets he's had in each of the last three games. <laughs> eight. Eight. <laughs> eight targets each. Of the oh, last Hyvis, three. by the way, one of the things eight, we eight, said, eight. one of the things we said on the pod, someone asked us, uh, what are the rules of the podcast that we set out, set forth? Because I, you, I've told you, I don't like doing math. And, <laughs> and Craig and I were both like, Hyvis hates when we use too many numbers. Like we use too many decimals, decimals, decimals or whatever. Yeah. You just want the fewest amount of numbers possible on the fantasy pod. We that's not, that's so not, <laughs> that's not how, that makes me, no. I, I think, no, th- there are studies that are like, if you throw out like. We mentioned this. Yes. We mentioned <laughs> all right, whatever. I'll go listen to the show. No, first of all, we love you. Make it look like I don't like numbers. Well. No, but look, if somebody averages. Yeah. 78.5 yards a game. You you would say, let's just say 78, which I agree in that context. Or 79, um, just round up, but yeah. <laughs> 70, you said 78.3, didn't he? I said what would you say? 5, which oh, okay. is, which is tough. Yeah. You're technically supposed to round up at five. I feel like 0.5 is the only one where you shouldn't round up or down. You have to say 0.5. That's a good take. Why the fuck do we round up? Just round down. Right. Yeah. Rounding up is dumb. And fantasy, especially, it's like you glass should always half full or half empty yeah. kind of guy, you know. <laughs> you didn't get it, did you? You didn't get that fucking extra <laughs> po- half a point. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm taking Everett. I'm gonna take also with Gerald Everett. They're playing Denver, who are the worst defense to tight uh, against tight ends this year. Um, I'm gonna go with Chigakonkwo, who shockingly scored his first touchdown of the season last week. <laughs> Derrick Henry. He managed um, to catch Derrick a pass, Henry. which is great. Isn't that Derrick Henry like, is the same amount of touchdown passes this year as Tannehill? Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, wow. Is that right? Is it like two? Well, I said it. I hope that's right. Let me look it up. <laughs> yeah, no, that's correct. Isn't that wild? <laughs> How many is that? Is it two? Two. Yeah, they both have two touchdown passes. Derrick Henry quietly throws her like two touchdowns every season. Yeah, um, yeah Chig, you know, 45, he's had like 45 yards. In basically every game the last month, they're playing Houston, not great against tight ends. The backup tight ends have been out for a while, which I think is why Chig has been uh, seeing a slight uptick in performance because he's been on the field more. 
Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with Jake. What a flop he's been though, man. Dude, he was everybody's yeah. darling pick this year. Awful. Uh, all right. <laughs> Disgusting, frankly. Um, quarterbacks to stream. I mean, first of all, just like don't, right? Like don't. Flacco, I, Flacco or quarter, bust. Yeah. yeah, Joe Flacco. Just take Joe Flacco. Just ride the wave. Flacco gets a revenge game. If you're in the championship, like, you know who your starting quarterback's going to be. Even if you're playing for third, like, you know who it's going to be. Who would you play Flacco over? Would you play Flacco over Kyler Murray this week? I, Jesus. I, no, because <laughs> Jesus. The, the rushing is so real. I think Fields and Kyler are watching them this week. Like, the rushing really is, like, that kind of floor. Okay. Uh, what about uh, Baker Mayfield? Oh, that's a good one. That's a really good choice. Trevor Lawrence. You play Flacco or Trevor Lawrence? Flacco. I'm never playing Lawrence ever again. <laughs> <laughs> He's dead to me. I'm hear about that in the area grievances. Flacco. The problem is the Browns are playing the Jets and it's on Thursday night football. And on one hand, I'm like, dude, I don't want anything to do with the Flacco versus the Jets. The other hand, I'm like, the Jets literally could and should have had Joe Flacco. Do you guys, do you guys want me to read? This is These are the top scoring quarterbacks in the fantasy playoffs. This is why this game, this is why we love and hate this game. Baker Mayfield, number one. Jared Goff, number two. Jalen Hurts, number three. That makes sense. Derek Carr, who might be the worst starting quarterback in the NFL, is number four. Joe Flacco is number five. On that note, I love, actually think the love guy is, fantasy. If you're in a two quarterback, you have to stream someone. I kind of do think Derek Carr is the guy. I don't think you want to do it, but I hate it and I wouldn't watch the game. But it, I, I kind of want <laughs> Derek we, Carr. We have to invent a word for when a guy has 300 yards passing, but like doesn't deserve any credit whatsoever. And it actually was kind of indicative he played really poorly. Like we need to desert, like differentiate a 300 yard game that was disgusting and pathetic from one that was really cool because Derek Carr having 300 yards last week into the Rams, he's awful and should be ashamed of Derek Carr has been, he, in terms of being booed by your own fans, his booed by your own fan fans count is like triple any other quarterback. Was that BYOB? No, it's BBO booed by your own fans. BBYOF. That's that's not the same ring to it. Forget I said anything. Okay, you guys know that BBYOF kind of works. I like that. Derek Carr and Lamar Jackson have the same amount of passing touchdowns this year. God damn it! <laughs> he can't win the MVP. I'm sorry, you can't win the MVP if you don't have more to passing touchdowns than Derek Carr. That's Derek weird. Carr. Yeah, <laughs> Derek Carr bar. He yeah. also Lamar Jackson seven interceptions. Derek Carr eight. Oh. Only Carr eight. I think we should roll over the MVP. We should Is just Derek roll Carr it over the next MVP. Year gets two. Derek Carr might be the MVP. <laughs> I'm gonna check the odds. Uh, MVP candidates. <laughs> this is why we throw. Uh, we gotta throw out stats when we're talking about it. Defense is streaming. I honestly, dude, this is a really tough week, and hopefully, you have something. I, the Jags are out there, and the Jags defense is so bad. They're playing the Panthers, and that's one of those they could have thirty. But I'm like, I hate recommending it. Um, there's so many volatile, volatile defenses out there. Is there anyone that leaks out to you guys? Because I, uh, I mean, Jacksonville's playing Carolina. Yeah, but Bryce Young just had the best game of his career. That's the thing. Uh, you Not know, that Seattle's playing Pittsburgh again. at home. I, look, I, I, I'm telling you, a, a Mason Rudolph collapse is coming. I got to tell you, I think <laughs> the Bears against the Falcons is maybe all right. But I, 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 you might have to stick with who got you there unless they're playing a terrible matchup because I just don't love any... Like teams, matchups that look solid are... Uh, even a couple weeks ago, like the Colts, we thought would be a good one. Colts playing the Raiders this week with Aiden O'Connell. 
uh, you know, 62 passing yards. But and in theory, that should still look good because the Raiders couldn't do anything on offense. They kind of got lucky. But I, I don't know. I mean, the Colts just played the Falcons. And as DK said, he lost to me because the Colts got zero. I'm like, I don't Ugh. like any of these defenses. Fucking Colts. <laughs> I'll never forgive the Colts for this. And the Bucks. I mean, honestly, you could you could argue that the Bucks playing the Saints are probably the best one out there. But, you know, Derek Carr, MVP, Derek Carr. But I, I think the Bucks playing the Saints. If I had to stream, like add and put my championship on the line, I, I kind of would probably still go with them. They have so much talent, but it's tough out here, man. It's, you don't want to be out here. God damn! Colts. I'm telling you, S- Seattle. Seattle's going to put up like 16 against the Steelers in fantasy. So Mason defense Rule, flying across country on the road. No way. It's not going to work. I count, it's me and Craig being cynical fans against each other. I'm like, Seattle's defense is going to do well? You think the, the Seahawks' defense is good? Also, what do you think about the Vikings' defense against the Packers? The Vikings' D, just the odds of, like, they could get shredded, but also the Vikings' D pick six, potentially. Yeah, the Vikings' D is just so, like... They're all so volatile. They'll, they'll throw I feel, the kitchen I feel bad. sink at you, you know? Yeah. I feel like this is so important for everyone listening to the championship to know what defense, but I think the reality is we probably have to... You probably have to see what quarterbacks are playing and... Um, Honestly, I would pay attention to a lot of the off- offensive line situations end of the week because these are all like very precarious matchup-based thing. And I, I, I kind of want to lean toward which teams have the most banged up lines as a tiebreaker. Kind of like how the Niners collapsed without Trent Williams. There you go. So Craig is the trivia champion. I'm the trivia god. Good job. Also the Bucks. Oh, can we give one official rec? I think the Bucks versus the Saints is the one that I would have to lean toward. I'm into Good that. luck betting against the MVP. But, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So Craig wins, and I. Damn it! I have one shy. DK, you want to do a head to head right now? No, I won. We're all on the line. What are you talking about? Yeah. Walk off. <laughs> no, it's a walk off. I'm already. I already won. What are you talking about? Well, cra- margin. You don't error. do overtime when the no g- one when double one, check. You don't do overtime when one team scores more in regulation. No one double check Craig's math. It's within the margin well, of error. No, it's a single. No point. one double checks your trivia answers every week. We just assume they're right. Because I, no one wants to. Well, sure. <laughs> okay. Well. <laughs> okay. Fine. That's neither here nor there. Um, All right. We are going to be doing our Aaron grievances power hour. Dika's waivers are at fantasyfootball.thereader.com. If you want to see written version of what we got here. Merry Christmas, everyone. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Jack, for pinch hitting for Kai. And thank you yeah, everyone for listening. We hope you had a wonderful holiday and um, spreading cheer and uh, joy to everyone. And then our next episode will be full of bitterness, hatred, and general resentment. So much. Yeah. So much resentment. I'm coming for you, Cooper Cup. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> uh, thank you, Tom Waits. Okay. Yeah. Not really Christmassy, but I, I like it. Yeah, I think the, he I has a Christmas. He has like a Christmas something or other. I feel like I know, but Does it's he? like Christmas, and you're not going to like do it. Well, who'd you do on Friday? Who's the band? Uh, Brenda Lee. Who did Nothing Christmas Lee. related. No, Brenda Lee. She sings "Rocking Around the Christmas Tree." Oh, I. You know what? That really is that's, exactly that's the best proper, Christmas song. It's a properly rated. Song. Tom Waits has a song called "Christmas Card from a Hooker in Minneapolis." <laughs> Very Christmassy. Ho ho ho. Uh, who, who you know? Who among us hasn't been there? <laughs> yeah. By the way, hi, let the, how, let, how let, was your... The, he who has not done that, throw the first stone, you know? Hi, Vince, I, I let the fans know that the reason why you missed uh, the last show is because you were out looking for Dolly. Did you find her? 
It turns out Dolly was with me the whole time. <laughs> the Dolly was the, the friends we Christmas. made along the way. The spirit yeah. of Christmas. Dolly's always been with me. The, I need. I got to get you a Dolly Parton ornament. So Jackie stopped <laughs> listening to the show because I mean, God, God, you know, God bless that you ever started. And um, I, I had to catch her up on the Dolly discourse. Okay. And I told discourse. her, I was like, you know, I, you know, I, it's just basically, you know, w- when it comes to would you with Dolly, it's like, are you lying to yourself or are you lying to me? That's all I was wondering about you too. And I said that to Jackie and Jackie's like, you know, considering how much of Dolly has been um, updated. She was like, you might as well just get a sex doll. <laughs> your, your girlfriend suggested you might as well just get a sex doll because you're so horned up for a 75 year old Dolly partner. <laughs> she said, if you were going to do that, why go through all the effort? Just do, you know, just. That's true. That's good oh, you guys point. have That's nothing fair. to say to that? Wow, you guys are just stunned. I, well, okay. I don't know much about sex doll culture. Have you seen Dave? Literally, that was because we watched Dave last week. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's se- what is the sex doll culture? He has a, the beginning of Dave is an incredible bit where he has a sex doll, but he. Long story like short. one of those well, inflatable ones? He also has a poster well, of, of Drake on his wall and he like. He can only come though when he looks at the poster of Drake. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Also, the sex doll at the beginning of the show is like this, like disgusting, like rubber, like waist down only doll. And then at the end of the show, he gets like a really updated, like very human looking. He's full rich body and he doll. pays like seven grand for like a perfectly made sex doll. But he, what, but he also has a girlfriend, and she's like kind of okay with it. <laughs> so, it Dolly Parton. Oh my god. What's the uh wait, did we already did, did, was she was she making the pun sex dolly? Oh, has any, no, that she didn't actually. Oh wow. That's sitting sex, right there. Missed opportunity. Dolly, yeah. Damn. Sitting yeah. right there. All right. Well, now we can't cut any of this because that pun's too good. I think we have to cut it because <laughs> I think I told uh one of her mom to like listen to this episode. If mm. if you're if Jackie's mom gets to minute 80 on December 26th of this pod, then that's fine. <laughs> And We're so just gonna have it. to take that out. Yeah, we need that retention. That's impressive out of her. All right, goodbye, everyone. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.